Hello and welcome to The Home Stretch, the ultimate guide to buying your first home with Gaff Interiors and Bank of Ireland. I'm Joe, And I'm Caroline. And across this six-part series, we will be covering everything from getting your finances in order to finding the perfect house, the legal things you need to know, and of course, how to style your home when you eventually get the keys. We are at episode six now, which I cannot believe. This is the last episode in the series, and we really hope that you found it as helpful as we have. Personally, I will be hoping to buy in the next couple of years, fingers crossed. And I really feel like a lot of the fear has been taken out of this for me. It's a lot less daunting now that I know the steps. And I feel like I just have a really, really good toolkit of how to actually go about the whole process. Absolutely. And that's been the goal of this whole series, I think, is to make people feel that they have everything that they need as they go forward on their journey. To close out the series, we are thrilled to be joined by interior designer Siobhan Lamb of April and the Bear, one of our personal favourite places to shop for furniture and homewares in Dublin. Siobhan, thank you so much for joining us. We are thrilled to have you because we know that our listeners are going to benefit so much from hearing from you how to put their own stamp on things. So thank you for being here today. Delighted. You're a super busy person, so we feel very, very privileged between your retail store in Rathmines and then obviously you work on interior consultations. So thank you so much for being here. We just maybe want to start off for anyone who's listening who mightn't be familiar with your work and April and the Bear. Can you tell us how would you describe your role and how do you work with clients? Delighted to be here. (laughs) Um, So with the store in Rathmines, it's a homewares and a furniture store, so you can come in, shop. And then we also have furniture that you can come in and customize yourself. But in terms of interior consulting, um, basically, I come in when customers or clients are not sure about what to do in a space. They might be a bit overwhelmed. It might be their first home. It might be, you know, they've lived in the house for 10 years and they just want a revamp. And basically, I come in and just help in terms of figuring out what their home style is um, and what's important for them in terms of how they use their space and how they want to work the space because you know interiors are great for aesthetics and how everything looks we need everything to look you know nice and attractive and everything else but it's what's really important as well is how you use your space and so that's kind of where I come in. I imagine well I know because I've been through the process of buying a house myself that when you get through this whole hurdle of finances legalities potentially a bidding war and you finally get the keys you kind of think that you're you're home and dry no pun intended but then you face this somewhat mammoth task of making the house your home and what we find with gaff interiors is that people feel this massive pressure to have identified their decor style and to have figured that out i know pinterest and everything makes that it can be a little bit overwhelming so with your clients or for our listeners um today would you advise that it's best to kind of go in with having an idea of what your interior style will be or is it more something that comes and goes and is more fluid I think having an idea is a great place to start, but I wouldn't put that pressure on you to be like, okay, I love, you know, minimalism or I'm only going to do Scandi Mm -hmm. in every room. Like that, I think, is is not helpful for you. And what I always say with clients is just try and fill your house with pieces that you love. Mm. You know, you're not necessarily going to go in there. Maybe budget won't allow, probably won't because you've spent so much money Mm. on the house, but if you can start from a place of, you know, I really love this light or I really love this rug, I think that's a really good place to start. I wouldn't necessarily go, look, we're going to go for this trend, this trend, this trend. That's what and I do you find suggest. that people 
go for different looks in different rooms or, the, or like would someone say, oh, I'm Scandi, so it's Scandi everywhere or have your clients had like a 70s room and a, a Scandi room and people who can't, because I would be a person who definitely couldn't choose just one. Yeah, no, I think generally it is a bit from here and a bit from there, like, you know, Scandi, but I'll take a little bit of, you know, this plant trend here. Um, but generally it is throughout the house. Some kind of braver clients will go, I want, you know, a really bold green room, very dark, very luxurious. And then maybe in their kitchen, it's very white and sparse. But overall, there's one theme. There's kind of an emerge, like a vibe emerges from someone. And even totally. if they don't maybe understand or know what their style is, they'll know maybe what they don't like. Exactly. I would guess. And that's really important, I think. Like if you're working with someone or even for yourself, just to go, I hate black tan just to know what you don't like is really really helpful just from you know kind of taking things off a list like I'm not going to go there at all it is really helpful to know what you don't like and obviously to know what you like as well another thing that I want to ask you which is something that Caroline has spoken a lot about is and Caroline will vouch for this she when she moved into her house you were kind of so excited I would call it excitement or Mm -hmm. like kind of desperate to be settled (laughs) in (laughs) well I had nine months between putting because I I was a new build so from putting down the initial deposit to getting in I had nine months so in that nine months she bought everything for the house right and then she moved in amazing well Well, but but this is the thing (laughs) Caroline would say that actually if she had been in the space and gotten a feel for the space she might have chosen some different items so is that something that you would suggest people do is to just sit with the space definitely I think it's a really good idea I think for those bigger purchases for smaller purchases like you know side tables and like smaller items I think go for it you're excited you know buy Mm -hmm. the things as you see them if you like them but for the larger pieces you do need to be in the space just to kind of see how you use it like you know say in the morning time you get up you're going to have a coffee where do you want to sit do you, you want to sit where the natural light is so where is the natural light coming in that might be the natural location for like, you know, your dining table. Yeah. You know, in the evening times, the light obviously changes throughout the day. So in the evening times, where is the natural location to get cozy? Like, where is that space? You might think it's, you know, in this corner of the room. But in actual fact, after living in the space for a month, you might be like, actually, it works better over here. So in terms of the bigger purchases, I definitely would suggest living in the space first. That, that was exactly my experience. And just also, I guess I felt this pressure to have everything be Instagrammable ready yeah. from the mm. minute I got there maybe because of gaff interiors and what we do and yeah. I guess it requires like a confidence to trust your intuition when you're in the space to let yourself take that time and like you say to feel it out and something that I, I also it's worth mentioning is I was sort of looking at the the, the plans of the room and saying, mm. okay, I know that this couch will technically fit. But when I was in there or a table or something, while it fits in the, the dimensions, it didn't feel right. Yeah. So I think it's, you have to allow yourself that pause as, as, as you see, if you're into interiors, you just want to go all in sometimes. I can imagine, yeah. like I haven't had that experience, but it must be so hard because you obviously just want immediately to, for it to be ready. You've waited so long yeah. to get the approval and to buy it the perfect place so I can totally understand why you jumped and another thing that's hard uh, Siobhan we want to ask you about is trends so we have trends especially with gaffeteers coming at us left right and centre all day every day and we are convinced every time we see something that this is going to be the next big thing and it's never we're never going to get tired of it like bloody copper cups and plates for ages we thought we'd never use something chrome again in our lives and obviously now we're like no we're done (laughs) so I think people can get very overwhelmed and carried away with trends so what advice would you have for for working with trends in a way that means that you're not going to have to replace everything or are there trends that you think right now will stand the test of time I think with trends you know dip in and dip out I for myself personally 
would buy into trends in terms of home accessories. So like, for instance, you mentioned copper, like I would definitely buy, you know, beautiful copper vases this season. And then, you know, if they're not in next season, who cares? Okay, But don't go all in. No, unless you adore the trend, you know, like someone who's just popping into my head now is Andrea from Tropical Popical. So she is botanical. A, yeah, <laughs> botanical. She's a maximalist. Like mm. she adores that trend and it is her entire life. Like that is not something that she's like saw in, yes. you know, Vogue and said, okay, I'm going to adopt that. That That is her through and through. So if a trend speaks to you and it is you, go for it. Mm. Cover your walls in like panda, whatever. <laughs> just go for it because you love it ultimately. So it doesn't matter if it's out of season okay. next year. Um, but if you're you're kind of like, oh, I'll have a little play with it. If you're not so sure, just do home accessories, smaller pieces for sure. And what are the big trends this year for going into 2020? For going into autumn, winter, there's a lot of fringing happening. Oh. And I was very tentative about it at first. I was like, okay, that's not really workable in an interior. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a fashion trend more than anything I would say. But having introduced already fringing lights into our store, they're absolutely stunning. There's a movement to them. There's a texture. It's really, really intriguing. Um, so fringing is huge for autumn winter um, this year. And, and again, if people were maybe interested in experimenting with that, you'd say like go for like a lamp maybe absolutely. or a lighting fixture or something yeah. that's not a big purchase, but that you can have fun with for however long. Yeah, I mean, you can have fun for it for the next 10 years if you want. But if next year you're like, I'm a little bit tired of the fringe, just change it up because they are like you're saying smaller pieces so it's not like you're spending a huge amount of money and then you're you know getting rid of it next year so fringing is huge there's definitely definitely um kind of Gatsby vibes again Mm. you know as we come into autumn winter there is this kind of like we're we're going towards those darker shades again more looks textures exactly looks we're looking for lovely textures we want to get cozy so similar trends come around every autumn winter but there's definitely a looks vibe going on this year Mm -hmm. i i personally would have certain accessories that i would swap out each season or whether it's i actually i do rotate my rugs a lot which might seem a bit bizarre but I, i we have a big attic space and i just i think rugs are one of the ultimate ways to put your stamp on things and mm. we just got a new uh, sort of Berber well not Berber rug sorry what's it um, it's a lot Kill him I have to unpack it it's stunning I can vouch yeah. for it it was yeah. beautiful but then like in winter I might want something a bit more lush so I think it's yeah. like having your basics your core staples like your sofa that you're not going to swap mm. out and then rotating your I guess with gaff we kind of describe our approach to um, soft furnishings in the same way we would approach our wardrobe that you can you can shift them around with the seasons Absolutely. without having spent I mean I spent £70 on that rug I got it in the UK in Marks and Spencer so you don't have to be spending spending big money at all to, yeah. to embrace trends and, and guess trying things out and seeing what sticks for you Absolutely like that's the brilliant thing I think about you know renting a home or having a home it's just trying things out having a bit of fun with it and especially because it's your it's your first home exactly you know give give yourself that freedom it's not your parents home anymore no it's yours paint the walls bright pink if you want i'm still trying to convince my husband to let me do that listen that's (laughs) an interesting question like how do you balance with your other half but before we get into any of that stuff i want to ask you about okay so we're talking about trends how to not get caught up in trends having said that when it comes to focal points in the house let's say for instance a kitchen like if you go and you want to buy a kitchen if you go to a showroom or whatever there are going to be the kind of trendy of the moment kitchens out there so how do you tear yourself away from whatever is trending in a room like that whether it's like a very like bold color or whether it's like brass fittings or a really amazing 
island? Like, how do you distinguish between a kitchen that is on trend and looks beautiful, but one that is going to look good in 10 years? Because that is something that you can't just dip in and out of. A kitchen's a massive expense. Definitely. Um, I mean, kitchen... I would say is probably the most practical room in your house. It has to be practical. You have to be able to clean it. Like it's, you know, heavy use. The kitchen is the heart of the home. So you're in there all the time. So I do think it's smarter to kind of go for those surfaces that are easy to clean, that don't gather too much dust or grease. Like there is definitely a trend at the moment for like open shelving. Mm. And on Pinterest, on It looks Instagram. so good. I want that. It's, we stunning. just had this conversation. Caroline's like, I'm going to do open storage in my kitchen. I felt like it would encourage me to be cleaner and neater, but then I think realistically, day to day, I'm going to have my head driven. Yeah, because you're going to gather all of the dust, all of the grease. It's going to be in your beautiful bowls that are stacked. I don't have to clean my plates before I use them every time. But like, if you think about it, that's what you're going to actually have to do. And it will look stunning. So if you're putting things in there that you're not actually using, go for it. But then your space is so important. Your storage in the kitchen. Especially in the kitchen. In the kitchen. You can't have have a whole wall of, of, you know, little ornaments. No. So, I mean, I think, you know, shying away from things like that uh, is is much more practical. Like you can definitely do things, um, you know, like injecting fun and injecting a bit of colour with like upholstered bar stools, which is definitely a trend that we're seeing. Um, at the moment but I think when it comes to your kitchen you need to stick to you know I I would definitely go for like the darker colours um, and you know marble tops and things like durable, that hard durable hard yeah, yeah it needs to work for you it's probably a room where you need to be a little bit more practical than you know having loads of fun yeah is there a style of kitchen that you think will last like I know that the shaker style has sort of come back again and now mm. we're seeing lots of I'm gravitating towards the kitchen styles that have no they're seamless with the hidden kind of handles. Do you think that they will look a bit funny in a couple of years' time? I don't think so, to be honest. In terms of, like, kitchen trends, they don't really change at the pace. They're slower. Yeah, they really are. Because, you know, we're practical people. We're not like, okay, I need to be, you know, up on all the trends in terms of kitchens. So I don't think so... I think they'll stick. Will there be a return to a completely pine or cherry wood Good. kitchen? Oh, <laughs> God, oh I God, hope not. Hope not. I've just given, no. I've just given <laughs> Joe the shivers. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, another thing we want to zone in on, which is something people might think of as just a very quick decision, but it's crucial, is flooring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I moved into my new build, it was great because we actually only had a choice between one or two floors. So I actually limited all the world of options out there, which quite I nice, found actually. really helpful. That's great. Oh, yeah. The choice. Exactly. Yeah. And it was the same floor throughout the whole downstairs and then carpet was standard upstairs. Mm. Do you think that when you're new into, especially because it's your first home, maybe you definitely haven't had any decision making in wherever you were renting when it comes to floors yeah. or your family home. Do you think that it's wise for people to go for the same floor throughout? Or do you find with your clients, are they dividing it up room by room to, cert- to suit certain styles? Or needs in different rooms, like yeah, because yeah, because you, you don't want to have like a solid wood floor in your kitchen. But I, you... I yeah, I quite love love it in your house because it just feels like there's kind of a lovely flow. Yeah, exactly. The, and it is yeah. like I mean, you have quite an open plan kind of a space, but there is a nice flow when you've the same flooring. Hundred percent, and that is what I would recommend. Actually, just having the same flooring throughout, especially on the ground floor. Um, like you're saying, it's just amazing flow. It makes sense. 
it's just if you're breaking up the flooring in all these different rooms you are kind of creating a divide straight like away a visual barrier absolutely yeah so i would always recommend just the same flooring throughout and what about styles so right now we are seeing that kind of parquet chevron i'm probably saying all herringbone. the wrong words herringbone mm. what is that because there's so many ways of describing it I don't I know. Just, just so there's just it. different. It's just different types, basically. Okay, is it um, the shape of parquet. Or, okay, yeah, like chevron is the the V. It's just all okay. these different types. And the real parquet is obviously super, super expensive. Yeah. Do you think that's something that again we will tire of because it's so everywhere right now? And also, is there a more affordable way to work with those very luxe floor trends that you would recommend? I mean, parquet has been around forever yeah. like it, but it wasn't cool was it i don't know while? yeah maybe not it was kind of in like you know very expensive homes yeah. it wasn't exactly accessible accessible mm-hmm. that's the word um <laughs> not a very accessible word it's accessible <laughs> no but it wasn't really and it definitely has become uh lately um i personally think parquet is stunning i think it's mm-hmm. amazing if i could put it everywhere i would mm-hmm. like there's so many different um shades of color that you can get it in now like you can get engineered you can get real yeah. wood you can sand it down after a few years you know oil it up so you can really change it um even after a few years if you get it in um and there's different styles as well like herringbone chevron like there are loads of different options i personally think it's something that's going to be with us forever it's stunning and as a first time buyer obviously as you mentioned earlier they've cleaned themselves out but they want something durable what kind of flooring would you advise going for not just style but the actual like the engineered kind of wood or engineered wood is really good now like they've come really really far like you know a few years ago it would have been fairly horrendous but now there's so much choice it's actually really good quality as well so if the budget doesn't allow parquet which i mean come on yeah go for engineered <laughs> wood no <laughs> absolutely yeah, it's a no for me but okay like, because that's in between like then the tiles are are kind of uh, more cost effective again so the engineered wood i think is kind of the middle yeah ground. yeah so that's get, kind of a nice you can get like wood effect tiles yeah and then my mind just starts to blow because of all the different things that look like floor that are wood that are tiles yeah and, and, like yeah, there's almost too much, too much there is actually too yeah. much so having someone like you come in and narrow down for them definitely takes away a lot of the headache yeah and just like just consider things like you know you might have wood completely you know in your heart and in your head as the thing to go for but it can be really really expensive so do you even consider dare i say it laminate oh she said it i said it she like it there. i know i'm sorry but well, it, you should say know, lino <laughs> i won't go that far but like laminate can be really nice as well and if like you know you're gonna put money to the side for you know five years time where you're like i'm gonna really you know go for the hall and the living room in five years i just want to do a little kind of a little fixer up or now why not do a mm-hmm. bit of cheeky laminate that's a great for idea. the next few years and that goes back to not doing everything at once like if you're like i really want that flooring i don't have the money right now Give it five years and then yeah, go for it. Absolutely. That's really good advice. Okay, so from the floor to the wall. <sighs> to we, the window. To thank the wall. you. Thank you for picking me up there. I was hoping somebody would. Uh, we want to talk about colours. And again, this is something that like, honestly, I think the most messages we get on gaff is people completely terrified and flummoxed with wall colors even they, though you can repaint it <laughs> i know but people have this really mad mental block about the fear of doing it what if it looks horrific what colors go together we get a lot of messages saying oh my god i want to go hot pink my my husband's gonna leave me <laughs> so it's a really contentious issue yeah and we just want to know how do you get started like if you've got you've got the blank wall in front of you and like you're very much into like murals like you've done some very cool stuff you are like thanks very much yeah you have it's really gorgeous so marble effect and everything so how do people get started with a blank wall and a colour 
I think just go tentatively, you know, and look, I'm all about having fun with interiors. This is your home. You need to be happy in your space. I encourage you to go for that colour that you think is a little bit insane. But ultimately, if you paint the wall and in a week you hate it, just paint Mm. over it. Like wallpaper is a little bit different in that, you know, it does take a lot more work. You have to remove it. You have to replace it. You might need to touch up the wall. But with paint, I highly recommend just going for for it. And <laughs> this, like, will, this will happen at one point. Hang over it. Okay. Would you start with like falling in love with a piece of furniture and then picking a wall color to complement that, or would you start with the color? Because so one thing I did do right was just go for a very neutral off white throughout yeah, my house. That's and, smart. And then now I'm starting to think about colors that complement the pieces that I've fallen in love with. Yeah. Over time, so was that the gold star for me? I think that's a great. <laughs> no, honestly, I think that's a great way to start. And I would suggest when somebody is moving into a house like yours, just leave the walls as they are because they're usually, you know, white yeah. or a shade of like grey. That's perfect. And then when you start introducing pieces, then you can go, oh, I might do a cheeky, you know, green wall to okay. complement that. I think that's a really good way to go about it. But if you want to just go for a colour, make sure you get a sample pot, obviously. Always get a sample pot before you buy a can of paint. Always put it on the wall and look at it for, I would say, two days. Because it changes in the light. I am so not patient enough for that. (laughs) But that's really good advice. That's great. in the morning time, it looks a certain way. Like we've got um, in the store in Rathmines, we have Sulking Room Pink and from Faro and Ball. And it is a totally different colour in the morning time to the evening time. Mm. I adore all of the shades. What time of day are you using the room? Absolutely. 100%. So if you use a room at night time only for, you know, watching TV or chilling out drinking some wine, it's going to be a totally different colour in the evening to the morning. So I 100% encourage going for different colours on your walls and just going for it. But make sure you get sample pots and make sure you're in that room checking out what it looks like at the time you're in the room. And speaking of Faro and Ball, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the holy grail of wall paint, let's be honest. But do you actually buy in to the more expensive paint brands or do you think if people are getting started they should go a little bit cheaper I mean I just feel like if you fire and ball on the wall no matter what you do it's going to look stunning mm-hmm. but maybe that's not practical like they are very you, expensive yeah they but are, are they expensive. worth it I like fire and ball a lot they put a lot of work um into their paints and when you use um that brand you can see it you can see it in the wall and you can see it in the pigment of the color having said that if you don't have the budget, you don't have the budget full stop. Like a can of their paint is expensive. So you might get the same or a similar colour in like Dulux for half the price. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be practical. And, you and, have and to I be guess realistic. your research, know the difference between quality paint and just designery paint. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're compromising on the quality if you go for the less glam Instagram. Kind 100%. Of yeah. Like, I mean, paint is paint at the end of the day. You know, like you're going to, depending on what kind of colour you're going to go for, you're going to need several coats anyway. So mm-hmm. just, I mean... And most um, hardware stores will mix up your colour. Okay. Do you know, if, if you, you know, give them a little yeah, swatch. 100%. Just go. Sneaky yeah. tip. I never yeah. think of doing that. I always like see these pick these colours that I fall in love with. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't exist. So that's just it. But you can go in and ask someone. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Okay. And the, pr- pretty much all of them do, especially if they're bigger yeah. uh, paint stores. They'll mix they it up for you, no problem. Yeah. yeah. We have to ask you about tiles. Mm-hmm. Um, another amazing way to work with colour and definitely express your personal style and have a bit more fun, especially in 
the bathroom I think is the room mm. that people can really have fun with I think we're still traumatized I certainly am from the the bathroom tiles we, we grew up with oh in God. the in the yeah. 90s and the noughties absolutely horrific um <laughs> is it inevitable that with tiles you're gonna hate them after a while unless you go for super plain I mean we're already looking at how subway tiles are kind, kind of now like blech, and yeah, people are boring. moving to more patches so it's really the tile thing is a hard thing to it's do it's hard because yeah that's another big job it's not something you want to be no changing no. up I think if you're going to go for something that is a little bit different and a little bit out there you might in a few years time get a little bit bored of it like in our bathroom at home we did a pink chevron tile wall Mm. which I'm still obsessed with and somehow got the hubby on board um like they're lovely they're gorgeous but it's very specific you know it's a very Mm. specific design it's a very specific color and I wouldn't be surprised in five years if I'm like I might be over this. Okay. However, at the moment, I'm obsessed. So you don't want to always be future-proofing yourself. No. Because you want to enjoy it. paralyzing exactly. too. Yeah. yeah, you want to enjoy it in the moment. Like, if you're obsessed with a certain tile, go for it. Mm. I still love the subway tiles because I think you can make them look so different with different colours, whether mm. you paint on the walls or whether it's your accessories. And I can imagine it would be hard to get sick of them because they're they're inoffensive they're neutral absolutely if someone doesn't know where to start with bathroom tiles in particular where, where what would you advise absolutely go for subway they're okay. like you can get so many different colors in them but ultimately the one that i would always suggest is a white subway tile it looks mm-hmm. classic it's very cool and it's chic mm-hmm. and like you know tiles are a kind of a tricky one so if you aren't sure just go for the more neutral a shade and more neutral shape is definitely the way to go. Okay, and then maybe if they're thinking about adding other colours later on, they could add in colours in their towels or in their... 100%, or okay. the paint on the walls yeah. or, yeah, but definitely not in like the sink or the <laughs> toilet will stay away yeah. from okay. the coloured versions of those. Nice white porcelain toilet. Yes. Never did nobody no harm. <laughs> All the way. <laughs> okay, well, I'm dying to ask you about where you source stuff. Now, I know, obviously... All of your favourite things come from your own shop, April and the Bear. So maybe you might talk a little bit about some of your favourite suppliers, some of the favourite brands that you have there. And then also, if you're going to have to source things like tiles and paint and everything else, where are your like go-tos? Um, so, yes, we get, uh, well, for our kind of interior clients, we would source a lot of it through April and the Bear. And we've got some really fantastic suppliers in Denmark. Really excited about a new brand that we introduced this year called 366 Concept. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a Polish brand. They are absolutely fantastic. You can kind of order in different colours, couches, stunning armchairs. So we really, like, we're super excited about them. But outside April and the Bear, if I was to go for lighting, I really like Mullen lighting. We were only we talking were, about them earlier. We were just they're fantastic. In, yeah, we were just in Meet Me in the Morning. Are they, and like, they just swatched over their mid-range price? Are they very high-end for a first-time buyer? I would say they're mid to high. I mean, you can do, like, a wall light from them very easily. Like, mm-hmm. But they do custom lights as well, which would be much more expensive. And they do a lot of kind of restaurant um, fit-outs and things like that. Mm-hmm. But they still sell um, to the public. Their stuff is beautiful. And it's Irish as well, which is really cool. Um, I did come across this new lighting brand, which I'm obsessed with um they're called house of have you heard of them i actually think i have i have not their price point is incredible it's super affordable and their pieces are beautiful like it's very simple a lot of brass a lot of kind of globe spheres Mm. but they're really stunning they're quite new Mm. Um, if you were doing a statement table lamp something a bit more fun say you've gone for neutral you've paired it back and played it safe with everything else but now you're like okay i need to be a little bit brave yeah 
is it is it April and the Bear where you're going to go for a lunch? I would definitely go for <laughs> an old cheeky monkey table lamp yes, from April and the Bear. Cool. Yeah, they're completely bonkers, but I adore them. And if you want to inject a bit of personality, mm. a bit of fun into your house, it's perfect. Any favorite high street interior stores for like soft furnishing, cushions and throws, those kind of things that you can change up really regularly? Um, one of the places that I use a bit with my clients, um, they're not Irish, they're based in Sweden, Nordic Nest is very good. Mm-hmm. They're kind of good for if you're going to go for your brands, um, you know, a little bit more expensive. They're very good Madam for that. Stoltz, house doctor, that kind of stuff. Well, we stock those guys, okay. but in terms of like um, Tom Dixon, that kind of that kind of level, they're really good for that. And they ship internationally, mm-hmm. so they're quite good. Um, and if I'm working, uh, you know, with a client that is kind of conscious of spend, like Ikea is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Like we all have Ikea in our houses. Absolutely. And not everything is obviously from there, but they are great for little pick-me-ups for sure. And do you mix and match like a bit of luxury with a bit of more, you know, something more high streety? Because you kind of have to, don't you? Definitely. And sometimes I can't tell the difference. No, a lot of the time, if you're mixing up your products, like if you're mixing, you know, say H&M, they, have, they actually do beautiful really good. Stuff. Yeah, Gorgeous really stuff. beautiful things. But you don't want your whole house, you know, decked out in H&M. So if you're mixing that with Ikea, you know, mixing it with April and the Bear, a little bit of, you know different brands here and there like it just gives a a more kind of complex interior Mm -hmm. and it's just a lot more inviting it's a lot more rich it's more you where would you go for rugs actually rugs are kind of a tricky one um because they can be very very expensive Mm -hmm. nordic nest do some good ones um we have a supplier in Denmark called Zyber that are really good for rugs as well and they're very affordable and they have quite a, a nice range as well. My favourites that I've, because I've been doing so much research for my rug obsession, I had a cushion obsession, swapped it for it's a rug moved obsession. It's rugs. It's rugs.ie, which is an Irish company based out of right. Cork and really, really, really affordable. Rug Vista, I don't think it's Irish, but it's online. Again, yeah. if you want to explore a trend, but you don't want to, you know, like the kind of old Persian style, but yeah. you don't have a thousand euros to drop on a proper Persian rug. Yeah. Um, I think Next Home is really good for rugs really as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah, really good. Course. And I wouldn't necessarily think of Next for general interiors. And then obviously M&S, their rugs as well. Uh, right. So they'd just be some of my kind of high street go-tos. French um, Connection do some amazing rugs. And they're they very do expensive nice, though. They are expensive, but they do a nice mix of like, the really trending stuff and then the kind of classic stuff right. and their sales are always amazing. So mm-hmm. if you have your eye, maybe That's just true. keep it in your basket until it's sale time. Absolutely. So what do you think for people who are, okay, they're a first time buyer, they're moving in, they kind of don't really know there are some their elbow after getting through that whole phase and they want to invest in the right things and they don't want to overinvest in some things. What should they be spending money on and what shouldn't they? Um, I think for me, the most important things to buy um, are a really good bed, and a really good sofa. Like, those are things that we... Well, I mean, if you're anything like me, you spend yes. the majority of your time in an or boat. They say you spend both. half of your life on... I would like to argue that you spend a third of your life in yeah. your bed, if you're me. 100%. So they're really important. Like, it needs to be comfortable. It needs to be, you know... It needs to withstand the test of time. So they're really important. I would definitely spend money on them. Personally, I always think it's a good idea to spend a little bit more on lighting as well. I just think it, it makes a room. Especially That's interesting. We haven't had someone suggest that, but I, I think you're probably right. I think if you have some really cheap lighting, it probably does show up. It probably makes everything else look a little bit cheap. Yeah, it really does. And like, if you're kind of, you go into a room, you do tend to like look up when you walk into a room. And especially if a room has high ceilings, it's really important that you're taking advantage of it. So I would suggest um, lighting as well. Um, in terms of things that 
like you I wouldn't necessarily spend a lot of money on like I think kind of faddy electronical things that are gonna be dead in two Mm. years time you know don't spend on those types of things it's it's the things that you actually are going to be on every single day dining chairs yeah yeah dining chairs as well I mean obviously your dining chairs and your table are important as well um I just think that the sofa and beds are yeah they're right up key. there they're key yeah. and I've I've started off with four chairs and then I I decided I wanted to mix things up because again I, I can never pick one so would you be a fan with your clients of working with a couple of different chair styles around yes. a dining table and so that you can experiment and feel have a, have it your cake and eat it, I suppose. Absolutely. And yeah. would you go to would you ever go to like a salvage yard or charity shops to pick up stuff? Hell yeah. Absolutely. Because it's a really important it. for first time buyers. hundred percent. Yeah. Especially if you haven't got that much um cash. It can actually be really good fun to just check out your local second hand stores, your charity um shops. We when we first moved into our house, uh, we were in uh what is concern on Francis Street there's a really is it concern no it's Oxfam sorry mm. Oxfam and they have a huge store there and they always have loads of furniture um, and we went in there because we would go in there most weekends to see what they have and one weekend we went in and they had just received all of these amazing lights from a lighting shop that had closed down and we got the most beautiful brass uh, wall lamps and uh, ceiling lamps for next to nothing so you never you never know what you're going to find. You do have to keep kind of going back in. But once you kind of find the shops that have the good pieces of furniture, those are the ones that you need to keep an eye on. And I'd um, say it's so satisfying, the smugness oh of my being God. like, yeah. look what I got for this price. And it's so I much more interesting than just being like, oh yeah, I got it online. And, yeah, and also it will help make your style feel a lot more individual and yeah. not copycat or, you know, like you've just pulled a look from Pinterest and applied it to your, 100%, to your house. Because yeah. so I think that's, people are feeling a lot of fatigue with that now. At the, at the beginning, Pinterest was so liberating to be able to see all the different ideas, but then it's kind of, it's a little bit homogenized now, I think. So anything, whether it's a little vintage find, anything that just makes your house feel like a little bit more not this isn't going to be everywhere mm. I think will help make you help and your confidence yeah and as well. having a nice story behind something if somebody's asking exactly. you pick something up it's yeah. so lovely to be able to say oh I got in this great little place and yeah. this is how like that's a great story about your lighting that's far more interesting when it comes to having moved in and I mean those first couple of weeks you're just I, I'm sure there's so much to do and there's so much practical stuff to do like how can you make the place feel like this is our home we're here okay not everything's where it should be but this is our new place to be. I mean, I love, you have so many amazing prints in the store and I think that can be a really fun thing to start incorporating before anything else. But how would you suggest people make their home feel homely at the beginning? Mm. Even when you're still surrounded by cardboard boxes, Mm, but you want to make it feel like it's your home. I think 100% what you're saying in terms of the prints, I would encourage people to take out their art. You know, you might have collected prints over the years when you're renting and you definitely have your photographs as well that we all kind of have with us throughout our lives take them out hang them on the wall or just place them on the ground around you so that you're surrounded by things that you love and um kind of your story because ultimately a house is where you are surrounding yourself with your story and your family and your life so I think if you want to add that little touch that personal touch straight off the bat get the photographs out get the prints out hang them on the wall and you'll instantly feel like you're at home for sure. I always feel like having a nice scent if you came home, even if it is cardboard boxes, if you have yeah. like your favourite scent like burning candle, in the bathroom, yeah. I mean, that's going to make Definitely. you feel like there's a little bit of warmth there. Absolutely. And for me, it's greenery uh, planting. Right. So whatever style you have, 
plants will go with it, you know. Definitely. And I think you're literally bringing life into your home. It's going to clean the air. It just makes it feel a little bit more lived in. So I think that's something people might, it might be the last thing on their list when they're shopping for stuff, but maybe bringing in a nice plant and just having it in a corner. Yeah. For me, that would make me feel, it would transform a room. Just Definitely. a bit of natural greenery. Before we let you go, we have asked our gaff readers a series of questions. Oh, we've asked them to send in questions and we got a few interesting ones we wanted to put to you as our expert. So the first one is, I have an open plan living space, but I want to create different areas in that one room. Any tips for doing this? Well, I think what you were saying about rugs earlier is really important here. Like a rug can define a space really, really well, especially with open plan. Um, Having said that, you can also try uh, use colour to define a space. Why not? You know, block a particular wall in a certain colour and maybe you pick up that colour in a chair. That's a really fun way to kind of give a space definition. Um, Another thing to consider, um, especially as we go into the winter months, it's getting darker, is lighting. Lighting is really important. Um, And when you're creating a mood in a room or in an open plan space, in the areas where you're going to be doing your relaxing, I would always say consider secondary lighting as opposed to overhead. Oh, I hate nothing more than overhead lighting. There's nothing worse than sitting down and that spotlight's beaming beaming down on you. Into your your eye. It's like the opposite. (laughs) Interrogation. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So like if you're creating a sitting area in like an open room, I would encourage you to go for secondary lighting. You know, lovely, moody um, side lamps and table lamps will definitely help you create different areas um, and different zones with different functions. This poor gaff follower, God lover, I have a completely different style to my partner. This is what I was talking about earlier. And we can't seem to decide on anything. How do we compromise on style? Like that has to be really hard. You just tell them they have no choice in the matter <laughs> and you do it. Total and interior dictatorship. <laughs> better to ask for forgiveness than permission, I say. Caroline, is that what you... Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, Siobhan, you probably have a softer approach. Well, I know. I mean, I'm 100% there with you. But uh, what I would say is, and this isn't always going to work for everyone, but if you have the space, give him or her their own room. Yeah. And Downstairs you take another toilet one. Is there you go. Go wild. Do you know what I mean? Like Genius. Like they can have that room, you can have this room, they can have that room, you can have this room. Obviously not every house or apartment is you're going to have that luxury because there's only a certain amount Mm. of spaces. But I think if you can give someone ownership of a space and they can do what they want in there. I do think over time your interior styles do start to merge Mm. and you'll land on some kind of same page and I think I would have definitely been a little bit more daring and Barry would have played it super safe to the point that I would have to like bang his head against the wall being like we have to put some colour on these walls and now I feel like I think my my taste is more pared back but it's it's I've been like rubbing off on him and yeah. he thinks he's more adventurous but I've been pulling on on him 100%. to get a little bit more it just you know, happens courageous. naturally yeah absolutely mm. um another question I have just moved into my new house and I've been cleaned out money-wise, as has most people who move into their first home. <laughs> Are there any handy cheats or budget tricks that you advise? Um, I think if if the cash is low, the number one thing that you can do is do it yourself. Like in terms of giving a room or your house, like a rejuve, like you have to just do it yourself. And I would always suggest paint. Paint is... Like it makes such a difference to a space straight away and we can all do it. And that will save you so much money to not have to pay a painter to do it. So do it yourself. And if, you know, there are things that you're not 100% sure about, uh, get on YouTube. Everything is out there now for like, you know, 
videos for you to learn how to put a little quick table together. Like there's a lot out there and we can definitely learn um, new skills from the internet and just do it yourself. Other than that, you know, keep an eye on secondhand stores, charity stores uh, for kind of uh, things that are obviously a lot more affordable than high street. Um, Those would be my main suggestions. We actually were in a house um, a while ago for a tour that had these amazing it looked like a wood panelling on the wall and it's such a look at the moment um, and it's, it was a country house as well so it really lends itself to that style of living but when you touch it it's actually wallpaper yeah so but it had the texture it was it had like a ridge amazing. in it because um, so cool. obviously putting w- proper wood panelling could be a little bit expensive or else if you do it yourself it might be you want to be a little bit handy with the DIY um, but those kind of things were, were eye openers for me as well you know um, whether it's a, even a mural on the wall or the wallpaper that looks like some, a certain kind of finish or a wallpaper that looks like a tile. Sometimes we we saw this um, amazing room as well where she wanted a brick look and she had these tiny, just almost like tiles or like stickers, like a veneer that were looked like a proper brick all slotted on and then painted white. And it just looked like a, a Brooklyn kind of loft right. vibe. So there are those cheat options out there. Absolutely, If yeah. people want to get creative, you know? Yeah, definitely. And like wallpaper is amazing now. Like you can get so many different types. Like you're saying, like wallpaper that's more kind of textural. It's like just basically you know, pieces of beautiful wood or marble. So there's so much out there that you can go for. And a lot of wallpaper now is removable as well. So it's very easy to take down. Um, you know, you can even have fun with just hanging, you know, a strip of it. Mm. You know, why not? Um, because oh, it's not permanent. And a headboard decal. Remember we came across those? Yes, when you, you were obsessed for a while. I was. Now, I don't know if you'd want it long term, but yeah. if you just, if you haven't decided on a headboard, they have these amazing ones on Etsy that you can just literally roll on and stick on. And, and you can maybe try it out to see what style a headboard you'd like. Yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah, not going to be something you keep forever, but there are those little handy things out there. Yeah, if you want mm. just a quick update. Finally, last question. I'm moving into a new build. What room should I start with? This is such a key like thing for everyone. Like where well, it doesn't matter if it's a new build, really. Either, yeah, either. Any yeah, house. Gonna, it's going to be a blank canvas, isn't it? I think from a totally practical point of view, it has to be the kitchen. Like you have to be able to, you know, prepare your food, store your food, wash your hands. Like kitchen is really important. So I think kitchen is the most crucial room to get done properly. Um, And then after that, your bathroom. And then after that, you're kind of just playing. You know, you can, as long as you have a bed and as long as you have a sofa, everything else can kind of wait. But I think the most important room when you move into a house is definitely the kitchen. It's the heart of the home, really. Yeah, it is. It makes total sense to start there. Before we let you go then, is there is there any last piece of parting advice you would want our listeners? Hopefully they're feeling less overwhelmed now, obviously because of the whole series, but particularly your focus on how to make it your home. Is there anything else you think people should just, to reassure them a little bit as they go forth to, to make their house their own? I think the thing that I say the most to like our customers and my clients as well is just have fun. Mm. We forget that, that. It sounds so simple, but it's really difficult if you've got this big mammoth task and you're afraid you're going to yeah. make a mistake. Absolutely. And it can, like like you're saying about Pinterest, it can be overwhelming. Like there's so many images out there. There's so many styles. You don't want to get it wrong. But ultimately, this is your home. You have to be happy. You and your family are the number one people that, are, that, that no one else matters ultimately. So just forget everything else. And if you are happy in your home, if you are surrounded by things that you adore, you're going to be absolutely delighted in that space. So surround yourself with things you love and you'll be delighted. I love it. Yeah, Siobhan. 
Come on, Lamb. Oh, of, sing song to of April with. and the Bear. Thank you so, so much for joining us on the home stretch, the ultimate guide to buying your first home with Gaff Interiors and our brand sponsor, Bank of Ireland. Meet a Bank of Ireland mortgage specialist anytime, anywhere. Go to boi.com forward slash homes. Bank of Ireland Mortgage Bank. Trading as Bank of Ireland Mortgages is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.